Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Elevated Places. Oh, what a blessing to be with all of you once again on the 23rd day of July, 2020. I cannot believe that July 4th was the date of the announcement to the world, the criterion, and all that has transpired since then. We have so much uh, to talk about um, with regard to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's powerful message, the criterion. And we will be uh, parsing that message and, more importantly, trying to live in accord with the directives contained in that message going forward. And I know that the astute people who call us at 563-999-3065, and log in at blogtalkradio.com forward slash elevated places. You are that special group of people who possess the awareness and the consciousness uh, to be able to help not only yourself, but to help our people and to help all of the members of the human family who desire uh, to see the earth return to a righteous state and then even go beyond the place where it was so that we would never again be susceptible to the steep fall uh, that we took which actually began eons ago, 66 trillion years ago, was the beginning of an incredibly, immeasurably long fall out of God's grace. And we thank him for his mercy and each and every one of us uh, that 
is within the sound of my voice and beyond. We're so blessed not only to be alive, but to recognize the presence of God, the presence of his Christ, the presence of their anointed. And so here we are ready for another exciting evening of elevated discussion. And, of course, elevated places would not be the place to go were it not for some very special people, beginning with our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, um, our contributors who include Sister Mariam K. Muhammad, our health contributor, Brother Ruben Muhammad, our international correspondent out of Melbourne, Australia, and, of course, our legal contributors, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad. They represent these key areas that we need to be aware of, and they feed us each and every week that nutrition in those areas of knowledge that we need to have. And all of that is capped off with my wonderful co-host, Brother Terrence Muhammad. So all of us are here this evening. And uh, Brother Terrence, assalamu alaikum, sir. Wa alaikum salam. All right, yes, sir. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> I know we have a lot to cover um, the current issue of the Final Call newspaper. And I know the sharp people on this program, our listeners and all the those who contribute, I know they all have their subscription to their digital edition, that beautiful digital edition of the Final Call newspaper. And uh, this week's issue, The Truth About Farrakhan. Man, he sent a whole lot into motion <laughs> when he gave that message July 4th. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start with your report, Brother Terrence, as we move into the program. Well, all right, Dr. Ava. But I think we <laughs> just first, before we can go anywhere, people just got to... You know, I wish I was in a, like a real DJ booth so I could hit that button where the crowd goes, <laughs> ah, 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 and the crowd goes crazy because the law of God, Woo! everybody just has to scream the law of God. We did like an old shout out on our LFFOY, local FOY chain. Everybody like, yo, yo, yo. So we just went crazy. Everybody just went crazy over the law of God this this past Sunday. We went crazy just on the announcement. You're like, once the announcement, like once Brother Arf made that, dropped that announcement on on the show last Thursday, we got the early advance notice. I blasted out like right while I was on the show. Yes, she's coming, and everybody like, oh no, oh. So it was just the coming of that. So it just it's it's like you got the minister, you got brother Ishmael, then you got sister Ava. It just like, and then you got brother Demetri, brother Ark on other shows, just jab, 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 jab. It's just like Satan, go sit down somewhere. It's like literally Satan, go sit down because we are Farrakhan. I don't, I don't think Satan get it. Right? We are Farrakhan. Yeah, you ain't like the criteria, but you you can't stop the squad that's gonna come defend him. Minister could just. 
sit back. Y'all, y'all, y'all trying to come get me. You got to get through the defenders of Farrakhan, and you're not going to get too Farrakhan. So I just say the law <laughs> of God was off the chain. If you didn't see it, check it out on YouTube. Go to NOI.org. Our brother, brother Jesse, we still social media down. We still got the Army. Twitter Army just switched over to social media Army. We ain't, the Twitter Army ain't stopped. They still tweet and they still Instagram. <laughs> they still modify our sister Queen Gonzinga got an article in the Final Call this edition. Go check out finalcalldigital.com, finalcalldigital.com. Get your subscription. You don't need no other subscription to anything else. Just get this. You be straight. You have the word of God, which you can live off of. You are good. So we want to make sure people get that. And then if people are just so amped up about the law of God this past Sunday, which you got to always go to NOI.org every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, NOI.org. Check out the lectures. There's another bomb lecture coming up this Sunday by our brother, student minister, Ishmael Muhammad. Got to check him out. Yes, check us out man. every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m., whatever city you in, and then tomorrow night. Stop worrying about everybody else. Stop worrying uh, about everyone else. <laughs> Self-improvement is the basis for community <laughs> development. You want to develop yes, your community? Well, coming into this self-development class, self-improvement is the basis for community development tomorrow night, 730. You may not see the doors open. You may not see the doors open to the physical buildings <laughs> of the mosque, but we still lit. We are still teaching. We are still propagating the faith. We are still having sure studious are. classes all across the nation and we are shelter-in-place teaching. So technology, we putting it out there. And the books, go to store.finalcall.com, store.finalcall.com. Get those DVDs. Get those books of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Get them into your home. So with that, oh, one more website. Well, I'm going to say that for the end. I can't tell that now. I can't tell it. But y'all better wait to the end of my report. Y'all going to be happy. So anyway, uh, we want to just um, do some really serious, serious moments right now. Acknowledgement of C.T. Vivian and Congressman John Lewis. Uh, we know the passing yeah. of these two giants. Um, the funeral services uh, for C.T. Vivian was held today. Um, so, you know, we we thank our brother for his service to humanity and all that he did for our people. And we also want to acknowledge our brother, Congressman John Lewis, and breaking news, uh, thanks to our brother Roland Martin, uh, Speaker House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell today announced that the late civil rights icon, Congressman John Robert Lewis, will lie in state in the United States Capitol Rotunda, uh, and that will happen on Monday. Uh, and a special invitation only will happen at 1.30 on Monday, and then on everybody, the public will be invited on that 22nd, on that Tuesday and the 28th uh, to be able to go and see this, uh, uh, the remains and lay in state of our brother, Congressman John Lewis. And there is also a petition out uh, to change the Edmunds Pettus Bridge to John Lewis, uh, we may have to have a discussion about that. I don't want you to name the bridge where I got my 
with that. But, you know, we'll have a conversation about that later. Also, this is not even trying to be funny, Dr. Ava, but it's very serious. <laughs> a lot of discussion is going no, on with Dr. Right. Ava. You're I mean, right. Yeah, well, that on that, John Lewis, but I'm giving a switch to there's a lot of discussion yes, that yes. this month is deals with mental health. Um, I, I remember someone saying this month was really dealing with mental health, and there's a lot of discussion around the mental health of our brother Kanye West, um, you know, and his campaign that he did last week uh, and some of the stuff that he said about Harriet Tubman, which is very interesting. He said Harriet Tubman didn't really free the slaves. She kind of took slaves from white people to another white people. And it was very funny because somebody said, well, he is kind of right. I don't like how he said it, but, yeah, we ain't free yet. <laughs> but the whole thing about it is that there is a large discussion about how do we handle mental health and there was discussion about some people went to our brother and talked to our brother, had conversations with our brother instead of knocking our brother and talking bad to our brother. Uh, and I even say that as we watch how we love Nick Cannon when he showed up at the Garden, but after Nick Cannon went under what he went under, you know, people was against him. And that's why someone had put out a video, a reminder of a video that the minister said, do not laugh when you see someone fall. Do not mock them when they fall because you should learn a lesson from that because one day you may, and what position will you be in? Also, the national training, the national training with our brother, Grandmaster Aziz, Abdul Aziz Muhammad, this, this weekend, the 25th annual national training, the security training, the martial arts training, 25th anniversary for those that have already registered oh you're going to enjoy it it's going to be off the chain it's going to be spectacular it's going to be simply amazing and then i got word this bird flew in and dropped the word on me that oh my goodness that somebody is going to be presenting at the youth part of the workshop tomorrow at 1.30 Central Standard Time. At 1.30 <laughs> tomorrow Central Time. This birdie told me that this special spokesperson for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Dr. Ava Muhammad, will be one of the people that's going to be a part of this training tomorrow that you definitely want to see. You don't want to miss that. But let me do this. Last piece, and let me get off the line and let someone else jump on. It's a lot more going on uh, that we could discuss. But there is this thing that just dropped. You know, the song, the bomb in Gilead, the Clark sister had his old classic song, you know, or, or maybe something younger, Outkast, uh, you know, Bombs Over Baghdad, you know, one of those songs. You know, just the point is some bombs have been dropped. There's a new ebook that just got dropped. I mean, a new ebook that just got dropped from heaven called Directing Your Will, Thoughts and Words to Get Your Life in Order. Hold up, hold up. To Get Your Life in Order. I can just take everything off of before that and just say, you got a new book that talks about how to get your life in order. <laughs> Everybody want to get this book. Thank but you, it's Directing you. Your Will, Thoughts and Words to Get Your Life in Order. And guess who is by, y'all? Dr. Ava Muhammad. And I already know. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop, y'all. Just go to ministerava.com. www.ministerava.com. You go there right now. The book is up. You can order it right now. 
com. Go get all the books. You ain't got them. If you got them, go get for COVID gifts. Everybody <laughs> shut in. You, they need some books to read. Go get that book. And this is an e-book right now. So make sure you go check that out at ministerava.com. Back to you, Dr. Ava. Thank you. Oh, that is just uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm sitting here smiling from ear to ear. It's very humbling. I, I can't thank you enough and thank everyone. Um, I had asked the uh, people who were online, the students uh, of self-improvement last Friday, to pray for me before that uh, message on Sunday. Mm. Uh, because it is it is no lightweight matter uh, to take the podium at Mosque Mariam. And, That's of course, right. as uh, Minister Farrakhan's national assistant, uh, who has been the anchor uh, for all of these months, five months of us being uh, closed down virtually, and uh, bringing the message on behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to all of us. And he has done a magnificent job. And, of course, he will tell you, and I experienced it, um, having not been on the podium for a while, the magnitude of, of the responsibility um, to, to be a proper witness to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And so I'm humbled. I asked, I asked people to pray for me, and they did. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's what enabled me to get through it. <laughs> but I, I am grateful, and I look forward, though, once again, I'm a little nervous. But um, the 9th of August, I will be back, um, Allah willing, but in the interim, we have a very serious uh, message coming up this Sunday, um, the plot to kill Farrakhan, because that's where we are now. We're not, we're not in prophecy. We're in Come the on. fulfillment of prophecy. This, this is so profound. It's, it's amazing. But that's right. anyway, we're going we're gonna to keep it moving because we have so much power. We've got a lot of ammunition with us on this Elevated Places channel, <laughs> and we're going to uh, start uh, tonight. We're going to get into uh, the contributions um, from our uh, weekly contributors, and naturally uh, what remains uh, on the in the headlines is uh, COVID-19, and then all of the uh, things that we have to try to follow, try to pay attention to, try to process in terms of living in the middle of a pandemic. And that pertains to our personal health as well as how we interact with family and others. This is something none of us have ever experienced in our lifetime. And so it's a blessing to have our health contributor with us, Sister Mariam K. Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum, my dear sister. Wa alaikum salam. It is a All blessing right. to be on the line. And I have to give a shout out, too, for last week's lecture. I mean, I was calling and texting all kind of people that was asking me questions about the nation and sisters that think about they want to join the nation and I was like, oh, y'all got to go, you know why.org. You got to watch this lecture. You got come on, to. come on. It was, oh, it was just so beautiful. So, so, so beautiful. I can't wait for part two. <laughs> um, 
of course there is like a lot going on in the news um about covid um and i really wanted to kind of take us back to the basics because trying to keep up with everything that's going on all the updates and it it becomes very overwhelming when a if we just go back to the basics of what it is, what the signs are, even though the signs have grown, and what we need to do to protect ourselves. So if, God forbid, you do contract it, what do you do? Because, of course, the death rates are rising, but they're still not at an alarming rate. However, the residual effect of COVID is more dangerous than a death rate. So, of course, we know that COVID, you have a fever. It's literally the same signs and symptoms of having the flu and any kind of um, disease disorder. My students at Muhammad University, the ninth grade students, this morning did a presentation on different um, diseases of the digestive system. And when they started looking at the signs and symptoms as they were doing their presentations, once it was over, they were like, Sister Mariam, like a lot of these signs and symptoms are like COVID. It is. It, it really is. It, because it's the defense mechanism of the body and how it gives us various signals. And this government and these scientists and these doctors are not really being honest. And people are panicking. So some of the problems now dealing with COVID, of course, is mental health issues. I'm so happy, Brother Terrence, you said that. Like when you said mental health, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Dealing with COVID, I mean, we could talk about our brother Kanye all day long. I love the fact that um, Riza Islam had said that what people are not considering is that the brother hasn't been the same since his mother died. The brother hasn't been the same since he was involuntarily admitted into a mental institution and the type of mm. drugs they give you and the shock treatment they did yeah. to his brain, mm-hmm. knowing That's his right. brother was creative, knowing he was highly intelligent. So it's, it's like an assassination act on us once again, Listen. but we don't pay attention to that. At we want to say, oh, look at him. He, he's embarrassing the Kardashians. Really? He's embarrassing really? us as a Damn. people. <laughs> Right, exactly. I mean, like, it's ridiculous. Instead of trying to reach out and help the brother, because he's actually been through things in his life, but we don't look at those types of things. So even dealing with COVID, a lot of us are not really paying attention to the residual effects that COVID does to the body. You may survive, but you may survive with bad kidneys. You may survive with an inadequate heart. It attacks the heart, the kidneys, the lungs, your pancreas, your liver. And so many of us don't even know how our organs function, so we're not even looking at the importance of what will happen to me if I contract it, how am I going to live later once I survive it, if I survive it, and the trauma it does to the brain. You're struggling to breathe. That's a traumatic act that the brain takes on in confusion. You go through anxiety, and anxiety attacks will happen after you've gone through having the signs and symptoms and the effects of COVID. They are saying in other countries that 
people who had COVID six to eight months ago now have inflammation on the brain. So that's another issue they're dealing with. I personally know a sister last year, December, lost her taste of sense. I mean, her taste of smell and her taste of um, taste. I mean, her sense of taste <laughs> her sense of smell. She lost both of them. And still to this day, she does not have it. She cannot smell or taste her food. So now they're trying to figure out, is she going to be like this for the rest of her life? Who wants to live like that? So for a little bit of time, do I have to wear a mask? Yes. Absolutely, I totally agree with Minister Ava when she said, don't get used to it like this is forever. No, it's not forever. It's only for a time frame, and it's only when you're around other people. We have to understand that, too, because we need to inhale oxygen. Black people are going crazy. We're having these parties. I know, once again, High Park was packed the other day. I've seen my friends on Facebook. They're they doing boat rides. It, yep. It's just, it's, we're just like literally losing our minds because we're so used to living in pain that it does not bother us that there's a threat out here that would put me in some form of discomfort because so many of us already live that way. And right now in the city of Chicago, the way we getting it popping on the streets with the shooting, COVID is way beyond what I'm thinking about right now. People on the streets are more so thinking like, I'm just trying to get home safe. Can I go to a funeral and it don't get shot up? It is it, so much going on. It's 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 like a like you said the jabs, brother Terrence. This jab, that jab. This is an undercut. Uh, I mean, everything is happening, and black people who already are not taking care of themselves, unfortunately, are not really caring about what do I do to protect myself from getting COVID. So what do we need to do? We've gone over this before, of course. A reminder is always a blessing. Get your health in order. Build your immune system. Understand COVID is like a death sentence for someone that has an inflamed body. If you have a lot of fat tissue in your organs, right right there in your abdominal area, which is the most dangerous area to carry fat, the most dangerous area to be inflamed. Organs in the area of your abdominal that are fat inhibit your ability to fight infection. You can be fat anywhere else on your body, but that abdominal area is very dangerous. Get up in the morning to do some jumping jacks. Do some sit-ups. Whatever you have to do to get yourself into a healthy environment because you want to live. That's a message I truly believe a lot of our people definitely need is to now, if never before, we got to get rid of this self-hate. We got to get rid of, we already dealing with the trauma of slavery. Now you're telling me I got to take on the trauma of some disease that they don't even know how it's working. Now they're going to come out with a vaccine. People are having anxiety about that. They're saying they're going to force you to take the vaccine. We really have to just come together as a people. We got to listen to the minister. We got to listen to the student ministers. We need to read the final call. 
We need to read the messenger's books. We need to become fully equipped mentally, physically, and spiritually so that we can beat this war out here that a lot of us are falling victim to just because we just ignorant and just don't know any better. Even these young men out here. That was something I wanted to tell you too, Minister Ava, about the shootings. I found out um, through a friend of mine who is doing, um, he does community outreach and he's a community activist as well. And he was talking to a group of young men about the shootings on the streets. And he said they were saying a lot of the young men that they've seen get shot, they see infrared dots on their chest. They don't have guns like that on the street. Listen, everybody. Come on. So they're witnessing this government come in and kill them and saying it's them. And these young men on the streets are like, no, that wasn't me. Like, that, this is the gun I carry. It, I can't do I don't have that ability. I don't have the ability to come around the corner. I'm down the block, and I, I can shoot somebody, and now I shot you in your head, so now I'm a sniper? No. So they're not really giving the, the truth of a lot of these shootings that's taking place, what's really happening. And I remember when I was on a block with Mothers Against Senseless Killing, they were saying, and I, I literally witnessed this, the police came and they shot one of the guys on the previous block just to turn the two blocks against each other by telling them the shooter came from the block over to the left. It just it doesn't make sense. These police officers are out here turning these black men against each other as they're dumping these guns off in the communities. And the superintendent of police is even That's saying rare. a lot of these weapons, he's like, this didn't come from here? We need some federal help because this federal government is dropping these guns off. These are guns that they've never seen before. So they're setting up these young men, and they're playing on our emotions, our dissatisfaction, our disappointment, and just the feeling of, I don't have anything. This is all I got. So, you know, it's, it's like a, they, I always say that we civilized the savage and became the savage ourselves. So it's like it has reversed. Um, but okay, so that's my my time because I know we gotta get into other stuff. So thank you so much for allowing me to share my portion. But I really wanted to make sure I I did share that with you because I was like, oh, Minister, yes, I know she's gonna love to hear this. <laughs> oh yeah, we have to. Yeah, you. In fact, you have to text me a note to remember to address that that particular thing yes, because ma'am. I am gonna take up the double-digit shootings that are taking place each and every day in the city of Chicago. And and there's also similar activity in other major cities in America. And and it's not only that um, they are creating or instigating conflict. I would venture to say, and this is my opinion, it's not an assertion, it's an opinion, Based on things I even I heard about way prior to COVID-19 with the uh, shootings that occur in Chicago and other major cities, that this is the police off time. That's right. That's See, right. You, you, you don't have a situation where you have 
people who are barely able to survive, all right, barely able to survive, and yet they have high-powered weapons, they have automobiles, and they're pulling up and just firing out, killing babies, killing children. The we we have fallen to a savage state, but some of this behavior is not reflective of a pervasive behavior. We may have one or two that have really gone off the deep end, but by nature, this this is not who we are and what we do. But I, I will tell you, as someone in law enforcement. There is no such thing as all of this going on in these confined areas, and yet always in the news, a car pulled up. Somebody Mm. fired out the car. Somebody jumped out the car and jumped in. We can't find the car. We have no suspects. In 99% of the cases, we have no idea. Who did this? And then, right. they, then it just fades away because before 24 hours elapse, there's another uh, bunch of shootings. Where the, the latest, and, and what's happening is this is being used to justify the U.S., the higher level of the U.S. military on the federal level, to come in and occupy the cities. That's what this is all about. Portland is, is a, uh, what do you call, rehearsal for right. doing this in Chicago, New York, Atlanta, L.A., uh, other cities, St. Louis, you name it. That's a rehearsal, Portland, Oregon. They're, they're testing out. Not only the reaction of the people, but what are the state and local officials, how far are they willing to go to push back on it? And this is leading to that bloody confrontation that we have always known is, is ultimately going to come. There is such conflict um, among white people in government and and the multinational corporation heads, this oligarchy of billionaires that runs this country, they're not in agreement. That's the difference between now and the past. I was telling someone today that the attack by the imposter Jews on the minister that's going on now, it pales in comparison to how they came at him in 1985. It paled. Mm. It was media saturation coast to coast. And you did not have the type of strong, powerful, young black voices that you have now. You did not have a social media. It did not exist. That's right. And they came at him with everything they had, and they were unified. That unity is not there. And we, of course have had the playing field leveled a bit by social media. but And then you have people like Madonna, who mm, that's right promotional video for the Criterion on her Instagram, and it had 700 
thousand views. Madonna. Okay, seven hundred thousand views. So we can't calculate how many people are are getting this message. And I will say this about the promotional video for the Criterion, which was uh, developed by Brother Hak Muhammad, uh, one of the minister's gifted uh, video crew members who traveled to Mecca with him, where he received that name. His beautiful wife, Sister Stacy, another talent in the nation, uh, brilliant brother and sister, brilliant, beautiful family. And he is the creative mind behind that promotional video for the Criterion. In my humble view, it is the best we've ever done because mm. in, in two mm. minutes or so, he uh, gives a synopsis and a summary of America's treatment of the black man, the Native American, and her own people. From the very beginning, when they arrived here and initiated the annihilation of the Native America, American to bringing us from Africa into forced labor and using rape and murder and terrorism all the way up to the assaults on their own people. Don't forget that Donald Trump had the military use tear gas on peaceful protesters in Washington, D.C., so he could walk across the street from the White House and hold a Bible up for reasons that are mysterious to this day. Come on. Okay? And so, no... I don't believe some little gang bangers are shooting 40 and 50 people a day and 10 and 11 of them are dead and no one has any idea who's doing it. This is retribution for the the outpouring in the wake of the murder, the torture murder of George Floyd. And don't forget, just yesterday, the Attorney General, uh, Anthony Barr, said the protest and the response to the murder of George Floyd, if you haven't heard it, prepare yourself, was an overreaction. Come on. To watch a man have the life taken out of him while he begged for his life on national television, and you tell the people you overreacted. But I, I'm not going to say too much because I'm, wow. I'm going to say the wrong thing. Mm, let's, mm, let's, mm. let's move on with this. And thank you so much, Sister Marion, for your contribution. And we're yes, uh, going to, yes, yes, we're so happy to have you. We missed you last week. We're happy to have you back. And we're going to go now. Uh, to our legal uh, contributor, who always brings us very profound information, as does our health contributor, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Pamela. Wa alaikum salam, Sister uh, Dr. Ava, and your our our contributors, Sister Marianne, Brother Terrence. All uh, praises due to Allah, Sister Ava, for you know allowing me and saying anything of good. You know what? I wanted to get right into it. Um, this this 
sending of federal troops into Portland and the threat to do this in other cities, uh, which we've heard our president name Chicago. We've heard him talk about Philadelphia. We've heard Baltimore. You know, this is legally uh, unconstitutional because there's no justification for these actions. And it's such a huge and mind-boggling um, breaking down of the American people's constitutional rights, and it's a showing of what the minister talks to us about, tyranny, and the fact that um, there are no constitutional uh, guarantees that this government really is going to uphold, Sister Ava. I mean, it is mind-boggling as we see um, – We've seen Lori Lightfoot, the mayor in Chicago, say she doesn't welcome a dictatorship. You know, we've seen uh, this camouflage-clad agents who are sweeping through the streets of Portland, pulling people out um, and arresting them without warrants, uh, putting them uh, into, I think, vehicles with no type of identification, detaining them for no reason. I mean, it's just totally out of control and constitutional. We're looking at our government, in my, you know, acting without any authority. Because as we often talk, we know that the states have the police power. The federal government does not have the power to um, just put, you know, put federal troops into the states, the cities, without the cooperation of those cities. And so... This circumvention is what we're seeing um, by the federal government in the name of protecting, I think, monuments and protecting statutes. You know, you just have ridiculous reasons for the federal troops coming in and, and beating up and denying people their lawful rights, their constitutional rights. And, you you know, th- th- there's a lot of concern, Sister Dr. Ava, because – it was decided in 2000, um, and you know, or at least it was spoken of, says one constitutional um, analyst. He said that um, Supreme Court said you cannot use police, you know, you can't use um, this type of national government power to just do crime prevention. You know, this is a, a right, right. stated that we can think of no better example of police power, which the founders derive, and and they don't give it to the national government, and it's a suppression, um, you know, of our rights under the Constitution. But instead, we see what really many are calling fascism. Many are talking about authoritarianism states, and, you know, I never really knew what those uh, terms meant, but I wanted to read Authoritarianism is defined as a political system that concentrates powers in the hands of leaders or small elite groups, and it's not constitutionally responsible to the people. You know, when people talk about fascism, they're talking about dictatorship. They're talking about a government that's controlled by industry and commerce. They're talking about a forcible suppression of opposition often at the hands of what we're now seeing as secret police. So that means that your lawful right to protest, you know, a state's lawful right to do its pretty much prevention of crime, 
um, the, the, the federal government is now trying to circumvent that and usurp that. And this is tyranny. This is what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has explained to us, uh, that tyranny is a suppression um, uh, and, it, and it goes against many times black people. It's cruel and oppressive. We've seen this in Jim Crow. And now, once again, we're seeing it um, in the form of white supremacy. And and you know what, Sister Ava, that that was one thing when you talk when they talk about fascism, they they mention how there's an extreme devotion a lot of time to one's own nation over others. And that really reminded me of our study guide that talks about nationalism and and materialism right. and sexism because yeah. this is yes. Is that 12? Yes, ma'am. So once yes, again, ma'am. we're seeing that being used as a, I think the minister said, it's like a whistle. You know, this is what he's using. Once again, you know, uh, Trump is using this whistle, this ultra-nationalism, this white supremacy to justify um, circumventing the electoral process because we've got legislators in a democracy that that's their job to spell out what type of actions go on in the country. And then we have well-defined laws um, as well, Sister Ava. So I, I just wanted to talk, you know, really this really disturbed me, as uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot said, the deployment of unnamed special secret agents onto our streets to detain people without cause and to effectively take away their civil rights and civil liberties without due process She's quoted in this article as saying that that's not going to happen in Chicago. Um, okay. And so, you know, she she, she talked about Portland. how what happened in Portland. Yes, ma'am. She said it's not only unconstitutional, <laughs> she said it's undemocratic. She said it, that if she said she didn't expect a Portland-style deployment in Chicago, but she cautioned the residents that if the situation changed and they saw something similar to Portland, she said they should call her office or call 911. So, you know, I, I just, I, I really wanted to um, bring out some of the points, these these uh, constitutional violations, and more than anything, like you mentioned, white people who believe in the democracy, they are very upset as well as to seeing this fascist government um, and, and some of what we're seeing. And I, and I call it fascism because unless uh, democracy, uh, you know, is actually going through the courts, due process, we need warrants. You know, we need the things that um, this this country stands for, and we're we're not take you know we can't take any less or allow the total just taking over by uh, this homeland security uh, memo. And, and I and I just wanted to end by saying I pulled the homeland security memo that was um, on the the New York Times. And again, they're you know they're using this language of the greater good needed to circumvent law. That's another uh, you know that's another term that they they say that's fascism. You know they'll make all these arbitrary you know law enforcement. We need to circumvent law. But in this memo, they're saying that they need to protect monuments. They need to protect federal buildings. 
and they needed to combat recent criminal activity. And this is what they used as a justification to go into Portland um, uh, on July 16th, this memo that was issued. So, you know, we're we're just watching the unraveling, um, as the minister has taught us, and, um, I, you know, this, this is what we're seeing. So, Yes, ma'am. That that's what I'm saying. Yes, ma'am. So um, thank you very much for the time. Assalamualaikum. Yes, and and we all thank you. There's, you know, the end. You brought up the the message of Savior's Day, and, and I was thinking it as you said it. The unraveling of a great nation, and we know great does not mean good. Great means consequential, yes, impactful. You can be as the minister said, wickedly great. So America is, in fact, a great nation because she is consequential. I just wanted to quickly back up before we move forward, and we have a family member who's a a guest and a family member uh, who's coming up to share some, give us some further insight into all of this that's going on. I mean, you look at the profound impact, Brother Terrence, in every aspect of life, you know, law, health, family, everything you can imagine. And that's how you know Allah is orchestrating this because there's nothing or no one that has the power to have this kind of global reach. But I did want to back up and say with regard to our brother Nick Cannon, and this is another manifestation of us being at the end and why I say Today is so different from 1985 when they came after the minister. Now, Nick Cannon, as many of you know, uh, was, as you, you know, they come out the woodwork on you. You got to apologize. Uh, was that, uh, sorry, Miss Jackson, I apologize a billion times. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> okay. But... <laughs> I so they go through that whole process. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, you know, you have to say you're sorry 85 million times, and then right. you have to go meet with a rabbi. You have to visit right. the Holocaust Museum. You got to do all this stuff. So Nick Cannon met with Rabbi Cooper of the uh, Simon Wiesenthal Center, and um, you got to go online and pull this interview up because this had to be a nightmare for the imposter Jews. They had, they were wishing they had never bothered this young man right. because what, what you saw was the impact of Minister Farrakhan, the depth of what he has been feeding us has really penetrated the minds and hearts of our people in a way that the enemy just did not get ready for. You know, there was another meeting uh, when the the NBA star Steven Jackson, you know, they went after him. And he had a discussion with another rabbi, and they could not get this brother to make negative um, comments about Minister Farrakhan. They could not get Alan Iverson 
to disparage Minister Farrakhan. And this Rabbi Cooper could not get Nick Cannon to really apologize, but he definitely could not get him to um, speak against the minister. But bigger than that, the coup de grace of the discussion was he also would not speak against Professor Griff, a public enemy, who he called his close friend. And he, in the course of this thing, he said to the rabbi, and I know they never dreamed this would happen, he told him, you were the one that broke up public enemy. Come on. I hope you all heard that. See, now, right. when you hit us, we hit back. Oh, man, come on. And that has never been the experience of our oppressors since we were brought to these shores. We have done everything humanly and superhumanly possible to assimilate, submit, get along with, go along. Can't we just get along? Can't we all get along? And we finally realized that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is right and exact. We can never live with them in peace. And so I think that uh, what Brother Nick provided, as many on the research team have been discussing uh, online with each other, is he's providing sort of a template for our artists and people in the public eye when they are confronted with this um, so-called need to apologize and dialogue. But it is, it is very, very uh, profound, and I thank Allah for this brother, and I thank Allah for the minister in his wisdom who has always taught us you don't attack a family member. Okay. Right. It's not our place, and it's really ignorant and self-destructive to go after someone who traveled all the way to the garden to be with the minister. Because that was no easy journey, even if you're driving nope. up here from Chicago. That's not an easy, right? Come on. It's That's not right. easy to get there. That's right. And because it is like in the world and not of it, for real. That's right. But... To come there and be with him and then come under all that assault, but then stand up and, 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 and refuse to bow. But if you've been in the nation for 20, 30, 40 years, you can't expect someone's posture to be identical to yours. And I know one thing, we all better hope and pray when our moment comes that we also do as well Say as he's that. doing. That's real. That's right. We better pray. That's right. We better pray. That's real. Because the nation of Islam is not the, quote, registered Muslims. That's the core and center. The nation of Islam, full name, lost, found nation of Islam in the West. That's right. And it is right. all 40 to 60 million Descendants of kidnapped African slaves That's the nation Of Islam 
That's so right. Always be prepared to embrace and understand. Because I tell you one thing, they sure stick together, and it is yes, the ma'am. division in their house that's making them lose traction now with their same old tired argument. And I heard, I can't verify it, Brother Terrence, but I heard that Cube told them, just stop it with all the anti-Semitism, and here's a list of what we need. Mm. Come on. Yep, and Cube. And people forget Cube put this on. Yeah, people forget Cube put the song out, No Vaseline. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He talked about Jerry Heller. He talked about NWA, a lot of letter Jew, break up your family. You know, and that, that's, that's the reality that's been going on for centuries, for days. And we need to look at the history of everyone that has stood up for black people. So we think it just Minister Farrakhan, and when we allow the history not to be told, then we understand, see, when you all laid out that history from Jesse Jackson to the day, that the minister didn't go looking for no Jews. They came right. after Thank him you. as he stood right. up for his right. brother. Leave us alone. But, <laughs> right. But before the minister, they was attacking every black person that stood up. And we forget, you think, you know, the way they make Martin Luther King be this soft dude. He was the number one anti-Semitic person. Listen. You know, everybody. We got the whole right. list of, we just name all the people they just call it. Obama, you were anti-Semitic. Anytime we, they stepped out of line, you are anti-Semitic. Right, yeah. and, and to step out of line means you give an honest, rational critique of yes, policy. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Or you disagree. Yes. Remember the, what the uh, minister said in the criterion, you can't even make a suggestion. Right. Okay? Mm. You can't even right. make a suggestion. And and if you uh, remember, don't don't forget uh, Nick's video, Okay. I can't mm. breathe. Your white right. knees killing me. And see, we all know it's common knowledge now that Israel is training the uh, U.S. police in the so, techniques yep. mm-hmm. that are murdering our brothers and sisters in the street. This this choking the life out of black people. This is who they yes, are, ma'am. and th- this is what they do. And they admitted it on the on the interview. They admitted that we are doing the training, and they know that training is killing. And that's why right. the mayor of um, Chicago, she said, no, they'll be crazy for federal agents to come in the city of Chicago and be in the streets and don't know the streets of Chicago. She said that would be crazy. She was yeah. talking to yeah. Al Sharpton, that would be just, just be a mess. You coming in, don't know my streets of Chicago and try to come in here? So I mean, yeah. this this is crazy, and then they tear gas in the mayor of Portland out in Portland, which is hilarious. I heard about but, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I saw him all with the masters, all the tear gassed up. But all of this, what you saying, Doctor? You laying it out, and it is 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 extremely deep, and everything that the minister told us, everything the minister is saying is coming out. And I, but I have to give a shout out since we talking about Nick Cannon, Ice Cube. I got a shout out to Black Thought of the Roots. He had a, a, a Black Thought versus mm. Everybody, and that's a new song he got out in the video, Black Thought versus Everybody. And there's a line in there where you hear student minister Ishmael 
bringing on the minister, but it's like bringing on black thought. So you know it's Ishmael speaking, it. bringing, and you're about to hear the minister, but then you actually <laughs> hear the artist, black thought, and it just correlates. You know what you hear. You're hearing black thought when you're hearing the minister. <laughs> so it's so dope that it's in there, and we understand that black thought of the roots is one of the premier MCs, like your top five, and he's with the roots, which has gotten global status. But these artists and our artists are not playing, and we're going to stand with Farrakhan. And right. when they stand with Farrakhan, young people are standing with Farrakhan because we're not dealing with that. And don't let us get on social media and start talking about who are the Semitic people because then they're going to have to come out and they're going to have to defend that, no, we're the chosen. Black folks ain't going to go for that. Once they get some information and know that we the one, in this day and time where everybody got a platform on social media, please, the debate is on. Well, the minister set the, the criteria. Yeah. yeah, that's the difference between yesterday and yeah. today is the fullness of time. And also, you know, don't forget in, in Nick's, um, I'm looking at some, some people lifted some excerpts from his video, okay? And he, and he said... The Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Noble Drew Ali spoke constantly, consciously, and cautiously about this ungodly prophecy, and you still worried about your prophets, see? P R O F I C S. And then he says, So F your vaccines and masks. You're going to worry about these hands tomorrow because you can't sanitize the past. I am. Come on, that's it. His true seed. They scared. Our grandparents still trying to recover from when you gave them syphilis. And lastly, this rabbi showed him nine pages of quotes, allegedly anti-Semitic comments from the minister. And Nick said, "I can can give you ninety pages." That's right. That's right. Yes, ma'am. Okay, for yes, the little ma'am. nine right. pages of what you think. I mean, it just, it, it goes, and, and you think Simon Wiesenthal was a great man. Black people believe Minister Farrakhan is a great man. That's right. And that's, that's the point right. we got to all keep in mind. It's not even about what the minister is saying or whether you agree. If you got some melanin, this is what you need to know. That That's right. It's not about, well, I don't agree with Farrakhan. Do you agree that you have a right to breathe? Because they don't believe you do. That's right. Catch yes, the video of George Floyd. They don't believe you have the right to breathe. It's about them intruding on your space. It's about yes, thinking we're still on the plantation. That's right. How do you come in on me and tell me where I can go, who I can see, who I can listen to, who I can talk to. That's right. And, if, and, and to add insult to injury, you have never invited us, hello, to your religion. Period. Usually Come on. when someone tells you to leave what you believe, they're telling you to come with them. That's like a man coming up to a woman who's with a man and saying you should leave him. That's right. He, yes, then ma'am. that means he's saying, come with me. That's right. That's so that's right. like yes, her ma'am. being an idiot and leaving her man. He says, wait a minute, I don't want to take you home. 
then why are you telling me to leave them? So how dare you tell us to leave Farrakhan when you've never offered us a crumb? In fact, all you've done is rob us. Come on. All the way to this very day. That's right. Yes, ma'am. Sister Ava, could and I that, say real fast? And that to our sister. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I wanted to say with the wilding out, I thought that Nick made a great point, Brother Nick Ken, when he said, <sighs> y'all owe me money for the billion-dollar uh, industry that I built with my wilding out franchise. You know, you owe me apology. You owe me money for that. Because a lot of times this economy is yes. one of the things, these monopolies, these cartels that were built off of slave labor and cotton, like the minister said, it used to be like oil. So the last thing I wanted to say, so when they tell him they want him to go to the concentration camp as some type of being apologetic, I say, no, they need to go. To, we need to go to the cotton field. That's where we need to go and see our people's blood and see how they raped the South and built their mansions. They need to just go somewhere and sit down with that. So I, I just had to just put in that economic uh, stealing that they, they have done from us, and that's what they want. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, this is a perfect segue uh, to our beloved sister, Sister Donna Muhammad in, down there in Uh-oh. Memphis. And she just did a, uh, she's a student in the ministry also, and she did a Facebook Live presentation recently. And um, Sister Attorney Pamela had brought it back to my con- my awareness of, of the fact that she did it. And it has to do with the book. She, she was inspired, Sister Donna was, to talk to the people about this book. The Secret Relationships, which is now, it, we're moving to the fourth volume of it. The fourth volume should be out. Uh, the Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews. And uh, Sister Donna is also the, the force behind my uh, infant, newly born online bookstore. <laughs> so you can, you know, uh, give her the, the credit and the applause for the ebooks you see starting to pop up. And uh, trying to get this word out and and trying to survive. (laughs) And I thank Allah for her. But we want to welcome to Elevated Places a guest speaker, but a member of the family, Sister Donna Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Donna. Well, alaikum salam. (laughs) And no, all praise is due to Allah. Um, And I thank Allah for you. And for what Allah is using you for and those that you inspire that gather around you because of the motion that you make around the minister. You also draw people in like a son. I like Come on, son. And in, in this program right here is a witness bearing. Um, I mean, I'm really, I, I was trying not to just run up and down my hallway, uh, getting a Holy Ghost, if you will. As everybody wow. was speaking you know, and I'm getting fired up, and, and, and my butt, my blood is boiling at this point um, because I, too, watched that interview uh, with Nick Cannon, and I love his yes, position. Ma'am. And I saw how Rabbi Cooper very, very skillfully yet subtly tried to equate the minister to Hitler and evil. He was so subtle with it, but Nick mm. wasn't having it. Mm. 
Because in his response, when he asked him, why won't you sit down? He went directly to the Jews and Hitler. Trying to make this subtle connection as if it is one and the same. But our brother didn't bow, but that tactic doesn't change. And that's why I was motivated to go and do a live. I actually did my third uh, reading this evening, right before this program at 6 o'clock. It was my third part. And I was motivated because we, oh, we have to know the history. Because I, I think about how if you have a, a partner, say it's a business partner that you may have, that you all have been working together, and you thought you were in cooperation together. You thought that you were friends. And they're progressing and successful, but you can't never seem to get ahead. And then you discover all along they've been undermining you. As, as, as Dr. Hmm. Wesley said the other day, they're a frenemy. But you don't know <laughs> And even though somebody might point it out, they're quick to defend. And so you're like, oh, no, not this one. They wouldn't do it. He's my friend. He's my partner. We work together. Well, that's what I think of in this black and Jewish relationship. Under the guise of friends, their history shows that this is not the case and why it is important for us as black people to read this book. But I did the Facebook Live because I don't want people to be afraid to approach this book. That we don't have a knee-jerk reaction to the word anti-Semitism. And it makes us not willing to approach it. So I thought, well, maybe first I'll read from the preface and the notes. And I let people know the sources, that it came from Jewish scholars, authoritative Jewish sources. And that how our researchers and our editors actually took great pain to not even include any sources that could be deemed as anti-Jewish or so-called anti-Semitic. That's what we did. And Minister Farrakhan said, if you want me to condemn this book, you condemn the scholarship that we derive the sources from first. That's right. But 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 you said something that makes me want. I want to go straight to the book just briefly, and I I you know I only take a couple of minutes because I want to sit back and hear all of these things. But you know, just like in the Holy Quran, it says we've made this word to have many connections. Everything that was yeah. said tonight, I can go straight to a portion in this book. And the book, again, is The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews, Volume 2, How Jews Gain Control of the Black American Economy. Because we got to know what's been going on. And you made, um, the last one, the last statements you made was, we can never really live with them in peace. And how they try to tell us where to go and what to do. So I'm looking, there's a chapter called Jewish Political Power in the Apartheid South, not South Africa, the Hmm. southern states of the United States, the apartheid in that South in the Jim Crow era. Um, There was a particular Atlanta industrialist. He was a school board member and an industrialist. His name was Oscar Pappenheimer. Now, we know from history, and history shows, and it's in the Holocaust Museum, that Nazi soldiers, they, they forced Jews to carry identification, right? 
So now here is this industrialist and this school board member. So he's responsible for forming thoughts and institutionalizing these thoughts, right? He wrote, I propose the registration of Negroes in the southern states, 14 years of age and more, each person so registered should possess a certificate in which should be entered description, date and place of birth, and at each registration, record of abode, employment, conduct, and reference with proper precaution against possible exchange. These certificates would before long be of great value to industrious, well-behaved people. Let others decide whether it be legal to pass laws bearing on this subject with reference to the colored race only. Then Poppenheimer said he wanted his law to target trashy, thoughtless, shiftless Negroes. Mm. So this is the mindset. Mm-hmm. It's going back to what you said. You want to tell us where to go and, and, and what to do. And, and this, this constant hue and cry of victim role. How can you sit on top of everything and be a victim? And so to point to that fact, because, you know, that's getting old and trite. People are tired of hearing that. We've been victimized. We were sick. I don't deny what happened to you in the Holocaust. We don't deny that. We're not Holocaust deniers. But this victimization, because it is not greater than the black Holocaust, was just another little point I want to pull out from this book. It said, since the Civil War, at least 67 Jews have served as mayors in the deep southern state of Florida. Isn't it interesting that Florida is where the ministers call for the intensity of COVID, divine wrath? It says, most during the era of Jim Crow law, as further evidence of their acceptance in the Gentile South, a Miami Jew became president of that city's Merchants Association in 1986. But now check this out. So by the end of that year, 1896, of the 16 clothing stores in Miami, Jews owned 12. But there was only 25 Jews in the whole entire city. Come on. <laughs> Does that sound like a victim? And this, at the very same time, the state's legislature declared unconstitutional the 14th and 15th Amendments to the Constitution of the United States, amendments according to black basic citizen rights. So Jews in Georgia wrote Dr. Mark I. Greenberg, not, it doesn't say wrote Minister Farrakhan, doesn't say wrote Minister Ava, Dr. Wesley, this is Dr. Mark Greenberg. He wrote, Jews in Georgia exerted influence beyond their numbers. In 1860, the Irish outnumbered Jews nearly seven to one in Savannah, yet no Irishman sat with Solomon Cohen on the city council that year. Now, please, how am I a victim? And a consistent victim. But I'm on top of every industry Mm -hmm. in the country. It's because of this constant. I mean, and this book is full. We'd be here all day. But the goal is for people to read it themselves. Go to store.finalcall.com. And if I could, in my closing, I just want to lift out one or two points from the chapter on Jews in the Black Holocaust. Because we're talking about this 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 power structure, this how are you getting ahead and I'm behind? Well, the field has never been level 
and you've always been sitting up underneath it. And you get this knee-jerk reaction when the word anti-Semitism is arisen, and, and you make people go visit the, 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 the Holocaust Museum, you know, sponsor some children to Africa, to Gory Island. How about that? Because at Gory Island was all my Jews. And I've been to that slave dungeon there. And I saw the scripture with my husband and, and other uh, members of the nation from and other people. And we saw the Bible scriptures that were posted around the courtyard of where they kept enslaved black people to justify this um, position of enslavement. And actually, there used to be, and it's been removed since then. In 94, is there? In, in, in 99, it was gone. In 94, there was, there's a door called the point of no return. And it's that point where the, um, where they went out to the slave ship, where you go from the dungeon to the slave ship. It used to be two big doors. And engraved on those doors was the Star of David. Now they've been replaced. Now that we've had our, <laughs> our International Savings Day there, and people are coming, now it's just a little small, mm-hmm. narrow, narrow metal passageway. But fortunately, yeah. if you go on Facebook, somebody preserved the picture. See, there's always going to be evidence, because it's the day of manifestation. It is. And you That's see this Star of David, because Gordon oh, Island is, 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 that was one of the biggest um, slave dungeons. That was Portuguese Jews. And they were the one that was the biggest slave dungeon there. So while you study trying to remove this um, history and sanitize it and act victimless, no, it's the day of manifestation. And as you pointed out with Nick Cannon, we're not bowing down the same way anymore because he tried his best to get him to denounce the minister, to say it directly out of his mouth. And Nick wasn't having it. And I, I applaud his. Exactly. Um, his defense. So just to read three little quick um, points, because they were the major Jewish slave merchants. It says Dr. That's Abraham right. Pat, American Jewish Archives, said the first two centuries of the black Jewish encounter in America were highlighted by a fairly extensive record of Jewish slave holding. Indeed, during the colonial period in the small Jewish community of the time, almost every Jewish household of any form, north or south, possessed at least one slave. And in fact, on average, they had more than your average white southerner. So it's time to yeah. pick up the history books. It's time to stop with the knee-jerk reaction. And that's why I started the Facebook. I guess it's turning into a series. <laughs> I tried to just yes, do it ma'am. one time, Educate. but I got requests, yeah. but that's the case of time because we just received a wonderful report today from our, you know, manager of the final call, um, Brother Russell. People are ordering the books. I got a post on my Facebook page. I ordered the books. They start ordering the books. That's right. See, I love it. Because I got to know what's in here, and it's not so-called anti-Semitic. It's the truth, and we can't get ahead. See, I have to bust up that partnership that I had with the person that was undermining me. And then I'm going to see real progress. Then I can unite. So in closing, I want to say, you know, Minister Farrakhan in the Time of What Must Be Done series said, 
I want the opportunity to teach my people unhindered the time and what must be done. Well, what would happen if he taught unhindered? See, a change would be produced in the people because we see it in the lives of members of the Nation of Islam. So how many economies that have a stranglehold on our community would fall overnight? Seagram's, which is was Edgar Bronfen, a Jew, largest alcohol distributor at one point. Speak. Come on. The one who told Minister Farrakhan, oh, you drink orange juice? That's me. You me. do that? That's right. That's me. That stuff would end overnight. So they have to keep this propped up and keep people looking at them as a victim because as our lessons say, when we learn the truth among about them, we will run them from among us. It doesn't say if we learn the truth, when. And the people are waking up. So I end with watch the criterion again. Share it again. July 4th. <laughs> Thank you. This is this is the time we have. To, we got to get rid of this old tired lie of anti this anti-Semitism charge. And and one of the main ways we're going to do that is the term itself and understanding the history of the imposter yeah. Jews. The the real Jews. If someone asked me the other day, well, what's the difference? I said, very simple. You're the, if you listen to the ministry, the real Jews follow the Torah. Right. The imposter Jews wrote a fake holy book and called it the Talmud. That's the difference. And the Talmud justifies all of this thievery and uh, intrusion on another people. Just taking a whole entire people and sucking their blood. That's what's going on. But Nick Cannon and the other uh, brothers and sisters who are out here, my, my dear sister, Vicki X. Dillard, I mean, she will tear you a new one if you come after Minister Farrakhan. And come on, she come does on, man. Come on, come on. It's logic. It's, it, yes, I mean, her logic is irrefutable. Okay, and then she, and, and it's it's entertaining and exciting. I mean, I love a good fight when I'm winning. I love I love to be on the side of the winning team. That's right. Yeah, I can't stand the New England Patriots, and it made my life miserable year after year for them to win the Super Bowl. And and they always oh not always but most of the time it was some cheating and some referee calls, and lo and behold, finally. The Kansas City Chiefs took it. And it was the best I ever saw. And then right before COVID, so I thank Allah for the mercy of letting that happen before COVID. <laughs> but I love being a winner. And we are winners. Don't go through life acting like a loser. That's over. That's over. We're past survive. It's time to thrive. And so we got to turn inward as well because you can launch a good defense, but you got to put points on the board. It's time for us to step out and help the minister by putting points on the board. And that means engaging in this process of separation. That's right. And relying on ourselves. And now you got wealthy black people 
who are saying I'm done. And I love that you brought up, uh, Sister Donna, that Nick or, or Sister Pamela, one of y'all said, you owe me. You owe me. See, the script has been flipped. But it is, it's getting late, and we're moving toward we got uh, the end, so we got to go to our callers. I do want to let you know, uh, while I have Sister Donna on, in case I say it wrong, but on Tuesday, July 27th, if you're free, on Tuesday, the 27th of July, at 7 Central, 8 Eastern, I'm going to do a question and answer entitled Real Love in Real Life. Mm. And I want you to come on yes. and meet me on ministerava.com. It's going to be streaming live. Uh-oh. And I love that. I'm going to answer some of the questions that are being uh, brought to me. You know, I have the book Real Love, but it's it's more of a core and a base, but how do these principles apply in your day-to-day reality? And come people on. have come to me. I did a counseling. <laughs> I did a counseling session this morning uh, with a couple, and I see that it, it's important for us to be able to apply these principles in a practical reality. And so uh, we invite you to come on and, and be with us on ministerava.com. And I will uh, have, uh, hopefully, Sister Donna will, will be on there with me and help me field these uh, questions that you'll be able to ask me through the uh, chat room. So just make a little note, 7 o'clock Central, 8 Eastern, ministerava.com, Tuesday. July the 27th, real love in real life. So we're going to go back to uh, our board, and we got all of our contributors here, people. So you want to ask about COVID, you want to ask about law, you want to ask broad-based questions uh, of the, the panel. We're all here for you. And we're going to start right at the top, Brother Daryl. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Daryl. Well, like a salam, family. How are you doing? Praise be to Allah. Oh, wonderful. I, I, I tried to get on last Sunday. It was packed. <laughs> I wanted to give a shout-out to my wife. Our anniversary was last week, last Thursday, on your oh, show. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so hopefully she's listening. But uh, what Sister was speaking about, it opened up a lot of doors about our brother, uh, um, Nick Cannon and uh, uh, other brother Kanye West, and I'm so glad that she explained because a lot of people said he done went crazy, but as she explained that a lot of people don't know he's been up under a lot of pressure. He lost his mother, and he been I guess in like cycle war where they been pumping him with these drugs and that shot. So we don't know what all they have done to our brother, and then they saying he's betraying, he's jumping on. Trump side and said he want to run for tre- president and Nick Cannon is talking about committing suicide because they took Wild and Out show from him. But as you explained to it, I'm glad I would like to go in and listen to that interview to show that the uh, young rappers are standing up, you know, against the negativity of the minister. Because if we go all the way back to when he said that they 
broke up Public Enemy. And if you go back further, when they was real popular, you remember they came out with the album Fear of a Black Planet? That messed them up. You know, the enemy didn't like that. And then they uh, had a target with uh, with them in their black uniforms with, you know, uh, a silhouette around it as a target. And then after that, uh, here come Arsenio came on, and we have to go back and, and pay attention to that, too. When Arsenio said, Minister, I only have an hour. They told me to be sick, and he exposed it right then and there. And the minister, Allah, would bless you, brother, he opened the door. And then right after that, the minister came on, uh, Phil Donahue. All of this history shows us who the minister is. And as we understand, our people waking up. My concern is how long would it take for us to understand, but our youth are waking up. And when the sister said about the infrared, that's real. You know, when the brother said, we're not doing that. You know, when they seen the brother get shot, they seen the infrared uh, on, the, on, the, on the chest of a brother before he got shot. We know, and they did mention it, that they, I think it was some Halloweens ago, but this thing is real. They're using it right now, that technique. They're using gloves that they have made up, look like black hands, and the face. They're using that right today. And so if you see someone jumping in the car, out of the car, and say, oh, he's a black no, that's a white man. You know what I'm saying? He's just infiltrating and putting on costumes and, and doing his dirt in the dark. So as he continues to do this, our people are waking up. But once they wake up and understand what time it is, I just want to know how soon would it be and how I haven't heard anything else about the town hall meeting. How is that going, so David? Yes, sir. We're working on uh, having the next one before the end of August, virtual town hall. Yes, sir. Great. And we'll keep you yeah, when will they be able to sign up? Because uh, our people are ready. May Allah continue to bless you, love you, and uh, keep doing the work. Yes, sir. Thank Praise you so Allah. much, beloved. All right. We're going to go to our beloved sister, Ula. Assalamu alaikum. And five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have to come back to you, Sister Ula. I I hope we didn't end up taking too long. All right, we got Brother brother Hoyle. As-salamu alaykum, family, and it's beautiful to see all these. Wa-alaikum sir. Sister Donna, Sister Mariam, Sister Attorney Pamela, you, Sister Ava. Boy, my uh, Internet is on fire. I've been throwing water on it every day, <clears throat> ever since Sunday. <laughs> Even man, Praise it's it's on fire. Praise be beautiful, beautiful lecture, sister. It's a, uh, it's a must study. Uh, like I was uh, saying the last time we talked, that uh, excuse me, I got a little um, that this is not Pookie and Ray Ray shooting in our communities. Mm-mm. There's a lot of uh, no, I have a friend. Uh, uh, this uh, I have some friends that live, and they said the same thing that a lot of these killings you can't even find. They don't have any suspects. You know, half of them, more than half of them. At all. And and also, Sister Ava, uh, Sister Donna, tell you the same thing. The same thing is going in Memphis. Most of these killings, they don't even have sus- suspects in Memphis because you know Memphis is <coughs> majority black city. But I want to let the listening audience know about. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, a powerful uh, debate, <clears throat> uh, Alan Dershowitz 
and uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Jr. Boy, did oh, he get yes. spanked. Did he get Yes, spanked? he did. Uh, I didn't uh, finish it, but I swear, oh, uh, my God. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, uh, you know, that, that's something to use on the, on the uh, you know, with the homework books, because this is, they, they've lost. These these imposters, these, these vampires, these leeches, they, they've lost. These snickering little demons, they, you know, they, they just need to sit down. And I mean, he, I mean, Dirch was got a lash. And um, the, a post, a posted today. Uh, Bill Gates wants uh, multiple vaccines. He, he's wanting more than one vaccine. People are gonna have to take more than one vaccine. So, um, oh, this is a, a big time war, you know. So. Um, I just wanted to, uh, and also um, I, I had wrote down on my notes. I forgot what I did with it, but um, also um, I wanted to let the people know that uh, there was um, earthquake in Alaska. Uh, I think it was it was right outside Alaska. I think it was seven point four. Uh, but the, these things are going to increase uh, too. But um, I just wanted to tell y'all to keep up the good work. Your sister's doing an excellent job, Sister Donna. Uh, salute to her uh, with her work. And uh, like I said, um, check that video out of uh, the debate with Robert Kennedy Jr. and Alan Dershowitz, you know, on these Please. vaccines. Yes. Please check it out, family. Uh, if, you take, if you take that vaccine, <laughs> uh, that's, that's straight suicide. So, uh, I'm going to let somebody else talk and uh, keep up the good work, family. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, sir. And, you know, there was an article in the New York Times um, about the uh, issue of who will be first to get the vaccination when the vaccine, when the first vaccine is ready. Now, uh, back in May, and I will share more of this at another time, um, back in May, Bill and Melinda Gates were at a conference, and Melinda Gates uh, said, she, she commented first on how tragic and terrible the murder of George Floyd was and how black people really suffer. And, of course, we... Uh, contract and die from COVID-19 at an alarming rate and she goes on and on and then she said when the vaccine is ready the first people to receive it should be the healthcare workers and then after that uh, the next tier T-I-E-R should be black people Come on. and so today in, in the New York Times they had an article about the uh, debate that is starting to grow about favoring or identifying a particular group of people to receive the vaccine. But the way that they wrote it, it gives you the impression that the concern is that if black people are the first to receive the vaccination, that's uh, giving favor 
to one group or the other. (laughs) And as one of our sisters said, that's some reverse psychology. Because it's not that you're favored, it's that you're the one that's being experimented on. Okay? You're the one that's the subject. Don't forget the Tuskegee experiment. It's not like that was way in distant history. That went that went into the 1970s. That's right. The Tuskegee experiment. Okay, where black men with with syphilis were they they sat with the uh, vaccine for it and let our men die from it. Mm-hmm. They laced blankets with uh, smallpox. And killed the Native Americans. These are the same people that hung us in, in, in the South. These are the same people that broke into the uh, uh, sister, um, I'm sorry, the name of the sister that they killed, the EMT in, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Brianna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Her picture was on the front page, I think it was USA Today, and they said that, you know, more and more facts are coming out about these killings. That's right. While she lay there on the floor dying, there was no effort made to save her. She did live for minutes after they put five bullets in her body. Come on. But that's another thing that's common with the police. They never render aid to our people, whether they shoot you or someone else. When they come on the scene, they stand there and look at you. And if you look at those old pictures of the lynchings where they would burn our people and just stand there looking at the bodies, that's what they do now. They do the same thing. Don't forget what the minister said. The the modern day mob is the police. That's right. Instead of calling a, a thousand rednecks to to come to hang you because you won't uh, bow or bend or some trashy white woman said you touched her, now they call for backup. That's the modern day lynch mob. So this this is still continuing. But quickly, what Brother Hoyle brought up, please, he's so right, please watch the debate between uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Alan Dershowitz. Because remember, Alan Dershowitz, remember the, the minister quoted him in the criterion. He said that the state has the power to come and force you to go to a doctor's office and have a needle. He listen at his words. To plunge a needle into your arm. Come on. Now, right after the minister said that, I, I can't tell you how many different groups from all walk of life are saying we agree with Farrakhan on that. We're not doing it. Because this is a long-standing issue, this issue of vaccines. This goes way back. And more people are injured from vaccines than, than from viruses 
and disease. And if you get these flu shots every year, that the one thing Robert Kennedy brings up in this debate with Dershowitz, and he made Dershowitz back up moonwalk on his claim that the state has absolute power to make you take this vaccination. Mm. He went into a, well, what had happened was, I mean, he had him on the ropes. Wow. And he was putting up graphs and charts to show. He said, look at what, look at what a vaccination is, Kennedy told him. He said, this is, this is medical intervention where you mm. shoot a substance into a healthy person. Teach, teach. For the for the so-called purpose of keeping other people well. Look at look at your your logic. And you do it more than anybody. You do it to children and babies, whose entire life is ahead of them. He said this, and you ought, you got to look at it and see Dershowitz's face. And as I told you all Sunday, I was one of those children, healthy, happy, running around in Columbus, Ohio, in a beautiful community. They lined up children all across America to shoot us up with a carcinogen. So you think that a vaccine under a project named Project Warp Speed? You should reject something just because it's coming out as quickly as it is. You can't prove it's safe, and you can't prove it works. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to make black people think this is salvation. But the minister, God put the minister in ahead of them. So now this trillion-dollar depopulation plan is on the ropes. And, by, and this is why they're trying to keep panic in everybody's mind, because they want us to line up and get this vaccination. And I'm telling you, the minister did not equivocate. He didn't make you a suggestion on July 4th. You better listen again. That was not a suggestion. That was a command from God. Come on. That's right. We are not taking... This vaccination, and he went on to say, if you try to force us to take it, that will be a declaration of war against all of us. But the New York Times has an article now saying there are so many Americans who are saying they're not going to do this, that it's jeopardizing the potential of this thing having any effectiveness. There's so many people saying they're not going to do it. So, all right, we're going to go to our brother, Brother Derek. Assalamu alaikum, sir. Hey, alaikum salam, Brother Terrence and everyone. You, you know, I get right to it, uh, Dr. Ava. You know, I, since since the uh, the president is called the first family, I I I would hope that the first family be the first to take that vaccine. <laughs> Barry Trump and the right. rest of the group. <laughs> I know that's right. But, go. You go first. That's but, right. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. You go first. You first family, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I I just want to uh, talk talk bring something up about an incident that took place here uh, about three weeks ago in the Greens Point area of Houston that we call Guns Point down here. Three trucks with with huge Texas flags was parked after after 11 p.m. at night in a partially abandoned shopping mall. In the, in the black community, well, down here in Texas, a rednecks drive their drive around with their trucks around like this with these big, huge Texas flags on the back of them. Well, these it was three trucks parked there at night, and a passenger of mine had pointed that out, and I said, "Wow, you know, what in for what? First of all, why are you in our community after eleven o'clock at night, in parked in the dark?" And 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 uh, back in June seventeenth, twenty twenty, the Houston Chronicle reported that a black male teenager appears to have hung himself early Wednesday in in what police uh, was calling a suicide. First of all, black people don't even like ropes, and <laughs> we get away from ropes for is. Whenever Amen. we can, because they they saying this was a rope that that he, uh, this man, young man killed himself with, you know. They and then they saying that was a suicide. No, you are a suicide liar. Why are these people in our community at eleven o'clock? So I took the black radio and I and I made it very clear, black men, you need to watch out for your areas, watch out for your children, and because these because this is not the first time I heard about all these little suicides. Popping up all over the country. If white people are coming in your your area at eleven o'clock at night, then do what they do to you. They first thing they see you in their community at time of night, they calling the police. Shit, won't you do the same and run them up out of there? But <laughs> that's all I call to say. Yes, sir. Uh oh. I heard a familiar <laughs> voice. <laughs> yes, Our brother from tomorrow. Well, Lakeham Salam. Well, I'm glad you made it well, at the I'm end. Maybe you can give us. Uh, we only got a few minutes, but we got to hear yes, from the yes, other ma'am. part of the world. Because remember, we're we're not we're not only in America. Black people are all over the planet. Okay, let's not forget right. that. And this is our exactly planet. Right. They talk about they want their country back. We want our planet back. And so from down That's under right. in Australia, mm-hmm. our international correspondent, Brother Ruben Muhammad. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, family. I pray that everybody is well. And I kind of was on and off, and I was not sure blog talk would let me get on. They cut me off a few times. But anyway... Um, here we are, and I'm going to get straight to the point because I know time is running. Uh, here we are under what is a, um, a very serious COVID lockdown now because we are spiking. Melbourne is the COVID capital of Australia, of the country, the continent. And, uh, yeah, we have police, military, everyone closed us off completely from everyone else. But we're doing okay. Uh, people are a little bit more sane now. Uh, masks are mandatory, finally, uh, because we had everyone infecting everyone else. And, of course, the death toll is rising. So that's the update for regarding the COVID situation. Now, tied right next to that, of course, is the economic situation of this country, because unlike 
the United States, Australia has only 25 million people, but land mass is very similar to the United States. So uh, the country is suffering quite a lot. Unemployment, of course, is shot through the roof, and um, they, you know, they, they just think the government is just borrowing money from everyone and trying to stay afloat and trying to keep everyone kind of um, in a stable condition, whatever that is, because you know people cannot pay their bills, people cannot buy food, people cannot pay their rent electrical, utilities, all of those things anyway. So uh, all of that support that the government put in place was supposed to end in about a month from now. They've now extended that for another six months because they're basically saying, we don't know when we're going to get out of this, and we may even get to the more stricter um, uh, stage four restrictions, which means you can only get out and walk to the front of your house or your letterbox and back in, and or to get food, and that's it. So um, while all of that is going on, I'm sure on your side of the world, most people have heard of uh, what Donald Trump did and ordering the closure of the uh, Chinese consulate in Houston, and he's now threatening to close even more Chinese consulates around uh, the country. So what that means basically is the trade war has now taken another whole complete angle. Uh, China has already re- started to, you know, vow to retaliate. And, you know, uh, as much as um, the president likes to get on television and act like he doesn't need China or, you know, he can do well without China, that um, kind of trade war imbalance will come right back to affect the American population because everything you get from Walmart is from China. Everything that comes from um, just about, you know, manufacturing doesn't really exist on U.S. soil. So that is going to come to a, uh, an interesting conclusion over the next few days as well. And while all that's going on, Australian Navy that is doing exercises together with the United States has uh, hit an incident that we're now getting news on as uh, live as it's coming through. Some kind of interaction between the Chinese forces and the Australian and U.S. forces carrying out exercises in the South China Sea. So we'll look out for that. I know time is running, so I'm going to listen to some of the uh, archive, well, the archive that I missed at the beginning of the show, but let us continue, family, to follow all of the instructions that we're getting directly from our last servant, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So hopefully we can make it safely across to the other side. Assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum salam. We can't thank you enough, Brother Ruben, for the way you come in so prepared and ready to enlighten us to what is going on beyond the borders of the United States. Really, really appreciate you and glad you made it on. We have Thank Brother you, John, who's been, yes, sir, forever and ever. We got Brother John, who's been holding. Brother John, I saw my way Well, Lake of Salaam. David, how you doing? I'm fine, Great. sir, and how are you? I am excellent. I, speaking of vaccines, and I don't want to use it in a dark way, but the booster you gave me on Sunday and everyone else, whoo, I'm still on cloud nine. Oh. I'm trying to tell you. I've been trying to touch the ground all week. Literally, I've been like, <laughs> <laughs> I really needed that boost. I really hey, appreciate you. So Thank you for you for that. Uh, uh, you were, you definitely are, are sticking to lesson number one, question number four, and number ten, murdering the devil. You do not hesitate. I, I'm so <laughs> proud of you, Sister Ava, and, and, and hang in there. The thing that 
the thing that you, you, you said something earlier about the, the drugs, I don't know if you seen yesterday, the United States, I mean the vaccine, the United States paid uh, $1.95 billion to Pfizer to produce 100 million doses. They put that out yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, but but it was funny when I read the article, it said, uh, should the drug provide uh, proof effective in human tri- in human trials? Well, vaccine isn't considered a drug. Vaccines are considered biologicals, and so biologicals are something that you manufacture, but there's no process because they really don't know what it is. And a vaccine is for prevention only. That's what Kennedy was saying when he said you're giving this to some children to protect someone else. But a drug has a chemical formula that's made for mass production. Production. So you can only make that drug chemically this way and everyone else does. That's why they have these patents on there for 10 years because people know how to make it, but they can't use the patent. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so the, the, the word play was really, you know, watching that. So vaccines are not drugs. They're for prevention, and they don't even know what it is. So they don't even know what they're, using, they're doing when they're making these things. So I just wanted to point that out. I know you don't have much time left. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you're the number one fighter uh, for us. And hang in there, Sister Ava. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you, beloved. I appreciate you and appreciate your words. And, yeah, that's it. I'm glad you brought out that aspect also of the uh, debate between Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and uh, Alan Dershowitz because that's another thing that was pointed out. Um, what the pharmaceutical companies have done uh, because they do classify uh, vaccinations as biologics because it uh, generally contains um, a a part of the the disease uh, that it's uh, actively uh, seeking to arouse the body to fight. The the theory behind it is if if I shoot you with a small amount of smallpox, for example, then when you encounter, and and I'll use a dead or deactivated uh, smallpox virus um, or something made in a lab to imitate that, that if I inject you with it, your immune system is going to be aroused and it's going to fight it and produce antibodies so that when the wild virus or the real one, the one in nature, shows up and you contract it, you've already built up an immune system. And, you know, it's it's something because everything that the Caucasian makes of good always has an adverse negative side to it. There's nothing that they make that doesn't have a problem contained in it. And most of the time, the problem or the side effect or adverse effect is worse than what the product they gave you was designed to correct. And vaccines are famous for that. And so this is what Robert Kennedy was confronting 
Alan Dershowitz with is that the the pharmaceutical companies have no incentive to make vaccines safe because they don't have any legal liability. They went to Congress years ago and told Congress there's no such thing as a 100% safe vaccine. vaccine. There's no such thing, and it can't be done. And so we don't want to make one and be held liable. And so Congress passed a series of laws so that now these companies are basically completely protected. They're the ones who are immune. They're immune from liability. Drugs are costing so much money now to get on the market and all of the uh, qualifying uh, tests that have to be done to get past FDA. You don't have any of that with vaccines. Vaccines are where the money is. That's one of their uh, attractive features. But the most attractive feature is the promise of culling or reducing the population of the planet. I think I forgot the age, but by a certain age, the average child has had 42 vaccinations. 42 vaccinations. The moment you come out the womb. How many? By the age of two, two years old. By the, oh my God, by the age of two. Yes, ma'am. By the age of two. So before your little immune system can even form properly, they're compromising it. This this is one of the most wicked forms of genocide and the the most uh, broad. You can kill more people this way than any other way without destroying the, the land. They want the continent that they call Africa. You know, white people named it Africa, not black people. It's East Asia. That's its name. It is the most minerally rich continent. All of the wealth of, of the earth, most of it is in what is called Africa, where you and I are from. Because Saudi Arabia and what they call the Middle East, that's also the same continent. That's right. But I just, I just got the, you know, I'm, I'm getting a signal here. <laughs> so we got, I'm so sorry we got Minister, soapbox. So we got MinisterAva.com <laughs> to get the new book and the new ebook. And Dr. Ava went again Tuesday, actually the 28th. Oh, oh, thank you for that. Help me, help me. Yes, thank you, yes, Brother Tuesday, Ivan. Tuesday, July 28th. July 28th, yes. beloved. 7 p.m. Central, 8 Eastern. Come and be with me on MinisterAva.com. I'll be streaming live to answer your questions about real love. What do you do in real life? Thank you, Brother Terrence. Thank you, uh, Brother Reuben. Thank you, Sister Mariam K. Muhammad. Thank you, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad. Thank you, Sister Donna Muhammad. And thank you, Sister Rona Muhammad. And thank all of you for being with us this evening on blogtalkradio.com on Elevated Places. May Allah bless each and every one of you with love and the light of understanding as we leave you in peace. Assalamu alaikum.
Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you. Salam.